Okay, guys. Well, this morning we are uh, beginning a, a brand new uh, summer sermon series uh, titled uh, Jesus, uh, I Am, dot, dot, dot. Uh, we're spending time looking together at the eight uh, I Am statements uh, of Jesus uh, as we find them in the Gospel of John, which is the fourth book of the New Testament. Um, and we're more or less going to be looking at these in chronological order. Um, and the order that we find them uh, in the book of John, with a couple of exceptions. So that's the plan uh, for today. Uh, my hope and prayer uh, for us this morning is that as we look at these together, uh, we can say with confidence, whether it's today or over the course of the next couple of months, we can say with confidence that we have met with Jesus. Amen? Um, and not because of anything that I might say, uh, or Andrew, or TJ, or Neil might say, over the next couple of months, but because God by His Spirit is, is doing something. Uh, as His Word is preached, and as our hearts and our minds are open to the truth of what God's Word says. Uh, so let's have a look together at John 14, and verses 1 to 6. John 14, 1 to 6. Uh, our focus today is when Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the context for that statement in particular is found in the words that go before it in verses 1 through to 5. So let's have a look at this passage together. The words are going to be up on the screen. I'm reading from the CSB, uh, the Christian Standard Bible. So Jesus says this, John 14, and starting in verse 1. Uh, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him, and I've seen him. Let's just take a moment to, to pray. So, Father, by your Spirit, would you take uh, this time in your Word, and would you work in and through us? Would you speak to us? Lord, would you uh, guard us and keep us from any distraction? Help us to hear what your Word says, and may we choose to apply it uh, to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, um, just in case we might have forgotten from like five minutes ago, uh, for everyone who was connected to the morning sessions that we had, Holiday Club, uh, the key verse for the week was, was what? Psalm 25, Psalm 25 verse, 4. verse 4, which says, Psalm 25 verse 4. Well done, guys. Um, now, for, for those of us who are here today, uh, this is a moment where Holiday Club and Esau Summer School come together as one, both in terms of the service, but also in terms of this verse. Because in preparation for this message, I noticed something very important about this verse. Uh, something jumped out at me when I read this verse. Something which is, in fact, very small. I hadn't seen it before, but it's very important. And it helps us understand this verse in a much better way. So this morning, 
uh, as we think about this verse for a moment, I want to suggest to you that the most important part of this verse is the punctuation. The punctuation, and not the comma, but this wee guy here. Okay, now, can anyone tell me what this is? Semicolon. Now, um, can anyone tell me what this semicolon actually means? Can anyone explain what a semicolon is? Um, just a heads up, this, is, this has been a point of debate amongst our family WhatsApp group, so there's been a lot of tension. So this is going to help resolve a, a family conflict we have. So can, can any of the learners who are connecting explain what a semicolon is? If not, then we can ask uh, someone else who might know. I don't think any Scottish people would know what this is, to be honest, but Lorraine does, yeah. Any of the learners want to, to hazard a guess as to what a semicolon is? Otherwise, we're going to ask Lorraine. It's a pause. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it involves emphasis. It's a pause, but it also connects, yeah. Lorraine, do you want to add to that? Would you agree or disagree? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah, so the semicolon brings two separate sentences together that are connected, okay? Um, and they're connected by the fact that they mean something similar or, ve or very similar. Um, normally when this is used, uh, the sentence after the semicolon helps us understand in a much clearer way what the sentence before the semicolon meant. Okay, get that Amy, yeah, we understand that, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> with a semicolon used here, uh, what we can understand from this verse is that God makes his ways known to us when he teaches us his paths, okay? So God makes his ways known to us when he teaches us his paths or his ways, really important we understand that. That semicolon makes all the difference. So I hope we see the connection here. God makes his ways known to us when he teaches us his paths. So to put it another way, our only option when it comes to knowing God in our lives is if God reveals himself to us. In essence, this is what this verse is saying. If we want to know God in our lives, God has to reveal himself to us. Uh, and just so you're under no illusions this morning, my message this morning is very simple. God has, he has revealed himself to us. It's as simple as that. He has revealed himself to us. And he's revealed himself through the person of Jesus Christ. So you want to understand who God is, then you need to understand who Jesus is. And this is exactly why Jesus says in our verse today, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I'm very aware of the fact that you might be here this morning and you might be thinking to yourself, well, how is belief in a person who, who lived and who died 2,000 years ago going to help me in the midst of the, the problems I have right now with my family or the difficulties I'm facing in my work or the worries and fears that I'm carrying in my heart day after day after day? How does this historical figure, how does he make a difference to what it is I'm facing and what it is I'm going through. To which I would say, 
I totally get it. I totally get it. I understand your question. The difficulties that we face are real. The hardships that we experience are sometimes overwhelming. But in the midst of these difficulties that you face, are your coping mechanisms actually working? Are the ways in which you respond to your hardships, are they working? Are they working? Are the things that you're using to help you in the midst of your pain actually helping you? Are they actually making a difference? And have you considered trying Jesus? Have you considered trying Jesus? Bringing your, your situation to him. Asking him for help. Watching what he does. So bringing your problem to Jesus. Asking Jesus for divine help. And watching how he works in the midst of what you're facing. Uh, this morning I want you to consider what Jesus says in verse 1 of our passage. Jesus says this. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now can you see something in this verse? Can we see something in this verse? Can you see that wee guy again? The semicolon? To believe in God means what? It means believing in Jesus. To believe in God means believing in Jesus. To believe in Jesus means believing in God. Jesus is God. And Jesus is also making another really important point here. The answer to the problem of a troubled heart is belief in God. If we have a troubled heart today, then we can know with certainty that that, that experience of feeling overwhelmed, being full of worry, doubt and fear, God can deal with that problem when we believe in him. And notice that this would also mean that to have a troubled heart is to not believe in God. The reverse is also true. If we have a troubled heart today, then in effect, we are not practically believing and trusting in God. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that if you believe in Jesus today, then all of your doubt, all of your worry, all of your anxiety, all of your fear is immediately going to disappear. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you will have someone to run to with these pains and problems. And his promise is that he will take it from us. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So Jesus promises to lift that from us so that we can experience peace. Our situation might not change, but we will have hope and peace and certainty in our lives. So what are you going to do about Jesus this morning? What are you going to do about Jesus? As you find yourself in the middle of whatever it is you find yourself in, are you going to give Jesus an opportunity to work in your life today? From my own experience, I know my problems come and go. There's times where things are going well and other times where it's hard. But I know that Jesus is always there for me. No matter what it is I find myself in, he's always ready to help me. I can even think to last week, experiencing fear, worry, doubt, and Jesus carried me. He carried me. So what are you going to do about Jesus? Will you give him the chance for you to trust him and for him to work in your life? In this passage in John's Gospel, Jesus speaks about the path that he's going down. And we, we know this from what he says in verse 4. He says, you know the way to where I am going. Verse 4, you know the way to where I am going. 
And in this passage in John's Gospel, Jesus also speaks about the place that this path is taking him to, verses 2 to 3. So he says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? If I go, if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. And this confuses one of the disciples, Thomas. Uh, Thomas is just so honest, so blunt. He doesn't get it, and so he says to Jesus, but they know neither his destination nor the way to his destination. So how can they follow him? This is what Thomas says to Jesus. We find this in verse 5. John tells us, Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And it's in this precise moment that we read these powerful words from Jesus in verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When I invite you this morning to try Jesus, I'm not suggesting to you that he is one of many options that you might have. Um, Jesus is not one of many ways, uh, one of many things that might work for you in your life. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Jesus never said he is our way. He said he is the way. Uh, Jesus said he is the way, the truth, the life. He didn't say he is our truth. He is the truth. He never said that he was our life, an option for us, among many others. He said he is the life. The way, the truth, and the life. So what does that mean for you this morning? What does that mean for you? Well, if you are lost today, if you find yourself in this moment of no direction, or maybe partial direction, just unsure of where to go and what to do in your life, then you need to understand that Jesus is the way. He is the way. He is the only way. He is the only one who will solve that problem of lostness in your life. Uh, or if you feel confused by what this life is all about, if you're unsure about why it is that you exist today, then you need to understand that he is the truth. He is the truth. He is the answer to that question of meaning that you're searching for. Or maybe this morning you feel hopeless today. Maybe you're ready to pack it all in. You're in a place where you want to give up. You want to quit. Well, you need to understand this morning that He is the life. He is the life. He will not only give you life today, He will give you life for all the days on this earth and all the days beyond this life and into the life to come. That's how much Jesus loves every single one of you. That's how much he cares for every single one of you. He wants to lead you. He wants to fill you with his word. And he wants to give you life. And there's nothing better than that. You know, I'm looking out into this room right now and I can see many faces that I know and love. And I know that many of them have been through some of the most difficult of moments. And I also know their, tes their testimony. I know, I know that Jesus was faithful to them. He helped them in the middle of a storm that they found themselves in. So I know that this is not just some highfalutin idea. This is a see I have seen this in the lives of many people that I'm looking out to right now. But I'm also looking out into this room right now and I see many faces that I don't really know or I don't recognize. 
and I've got absolutely no idea what you're going through. And all I can say to you this morning is as Jesus was faithful to those who sit beside you this morning, as he was faithful to those people who sit beside you right now, he will be faithful to you as well. He will be faithful to you. He will take these burdens from you so that you will be carried in the middle of the storm that you face. And how is Jesus able to do that for each one of us today? Well, quite simply, it's this, he is God, Jesus is God. Have a look at what we read in, in the final part of verse 6 and verse 7, which is our final words from our passage. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So if you and I want to meet with God today, if you and I want to, to fill that God-shaped hole that exists in all of our lives, we do so by recognizing that in our coming to Jesus, we're not just coming to Jesus as God, we're coming to Jesus as the one who died in our place for our sins on the cross. Jesus took our sin and he placed our sin upon himself. And Hall the Club and Esau, we spoke about how sin is anything that we, we think, say, or do that goes against God. Uh, and our sin meant there was this barrier, this wall between us and God. God is holy and we are unholy. And we didn't just deserve separation from God. We deserve to be punished for eternity in hell for the ways in which we have hurt God, every single one of us. And the stark reality is that there was nothing to solve this problem of sin until Jesus came. God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to die in our place for all the sin that we have committed, past, present and future. And so if we believe in what God has done for us through Jesus, we will not face that separation. We will not face eternal punishment in hell. Instead, we will have life with God and it's abundant life, capital A, capital L, abundant life. A life that knows God, a life that loves God, a life that experiences God day after day. All that to say this morning, these problems that you might face today, these worries, these concerns, these fears, this sense of being overwhelmed, all of it can be traced back to that bigger problem of sin, that bigger issue of sin in our lives, what we think, say and do that goes against God. So the invitation is there. The invitation is here this morning. Come to Jesus. I invite you to try Jesus, to confess your sin, to trust him for your whole life and to then be welcomed into his family. This is the invitation for you today. So we're going to take a moment to respond. Uh, I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. So if we can all do that, if we can bow our heads and close our eyes. And I recognize this morning that maybe you don't want to close your eyes. But for the sake of giving other people a moment to themselves, if we can all do that. And I'm going to do something very simple but very important. I'm going to invite anyone who would like to trust Jesus for the first time to simply raise your hand. That's all I'm asking you to do. As you've heard who this Jesus is and what he has done for you, today you want to respond to him. So if that's you, I invite you to raise your hand this morning to trust him.
Let me just give you a, a moment uh, to do that. And having raised your hand, all that's going to happen is we'll see it and we'll have a conversation with you after the service. And we'll unpack what it means to follow him. So if this is you today, do raise your hand. Well, in light of all of this, let me pray for us this morning as we think about all that God is saying uh, to us. Uh, Father, we, we do thank you for this, this opportunity we have had to, to worship you and to spend time uh, looking at your word. And, and we pray that by your spirit, you would, you would continue to help us understand what it means to follow you. Lord, I pray that by your spirit, you would give us freedom to hear what it is you have to say, that you would give us a hunger for you and that you would speak to us and that we would know what it means to be a part of your family. So take this time and use it. As seeds have been planted, we pray for spiritual growth. In Jesus' name, amen.